Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Life is a canvas. Listen as Dr. Allison R. Tendler and her guests paint the stories of entrepreneurs, executives, and business leaders on her podcast, The Art of Seeing Clearly. Through insightful questions and thought-provoking conversation, Allison and her guests explore the essence of what it means to truly experience life, business, entrepreneurship, love, success, and even failure through a clearer lens. I'm your host, Dr. Allison R. Tendler, board-certified ophthalmologist, surgeon, owner, and CEO of Art Vision and Artisan Skin and Laser Center. I literally get to work every day to help people see better on the 2020 eye chart. But true clarity in life and in business often requires a slightly different kind of vision. I happen to have a passion for learning how other entrepreneurs and leaders find their clarity, and I want to share with you some of their secrets to success. Trisha Doan is the founder and CEO of Well365. Trisha has over 20 years of experience in corporate wellness and has been recognized with several awards and nominations as a female leader in the corporate wellness industry. Her experience in the worksite corporate well-being field means she understands the need for proactive initiatives and customized platforms, especially when it comes to implementing your employee well-being solutions. Nearly seven years ago, she founded Well365. She partners with businesses of all sizes and in all industries to strategize, develop, and execute innovative, fun, and meaningful initiatives to change culture and achieve results. Trisha's experience includes working with multi-million dollar companies, small business owners, and organizations locally, regionally, and nationally. Trisha is passionate about providing employers with employee well-being initiatives to improve their overall culture and empower individuals to lead their best quality of life. She is the proud wife and mother to two boys and their mini golden doodle. Trisha, welcome to the art of seeing clearly. Oh, welcome to my world, my dear. Yeah. <laughs> so, Trisha, for those of our listeners who don't know you, tell us a little bit about your background. Yeah. So, my name is Trisha Doan. I'm the founder and owner of Well365. My background really has been in corporate wellness my entire career went to college for got my master's in exercise science and health and you know certainly didn't envision that this would necessarily be the path that i went down but it just kind of all happened what did you think your path was going to be you know i think that i thought that i knew that i wanted to help people 
Honestly, I was an education majority of my undergrad. And so I thought that I would go into like the health and fitness world, like in a fitness center and help people through that route. And then I, when I got done with college, I moved out to Colorado and actually was managing a health club and knew that there was just more that I wanted from that. And so then I moved back to Sioux Falls and that is actually where I was introduced to workplace wellness. And I started at Samford and Mm -hmm. that's when, you know, workplace wellness back then was let's put a nurse in a workplace, take some blood pressures and start a walking challenge. And so really that's where I got kind of my feet wet with that. And it's just evolved into, you know, where I am today. What does workplace wellness look like today? Well, so the biggest things that have evolved in the last, you know, several years is that when people thought of workplace wellness, it was like they thought of the physical aspect. And now it's evolved into so much more of like, what does it take for you to lead a quality of life? It's your emotional, your financial, your career, your physical But it's like this holistic model that makes someone whole. And if one of those areas are, you know, you're not thriving in, then it's hard to, you know, thrive another. So we now look at it as, you know, you can't really have a thriving physical quality of life if these other aspects aren't. But it's taken time for individuals to really recognize that especially in the last few years where we've really been focusing so much on the mental health and how that goes hand in hand with the physical well-being. So is Well365 able to encapsulate all of those different aspects or do you then also have to work with other companies in order to, mm-hmm. what do I say, farm those out yeah. so that you have a complete whole? Because that's a lot. It is a lot. But I think one of those aspects and it seems like it's a big nut to crack let alone all of those. It is. But when I started my company seven years ago, that was really the vision that I had is that I wanted to build a team of individuals with different specialties and backgrounds for us to be able to really provide that proactive model. So even when I started seven years ago, yes, I have registered nurses, but I have registered nurses who maybe specialize in diabetes education or cardiovascular or women's health. I have dietitians to be able to focus on, you know, more of the nutrition aspect. I have exercise specialists. I have mental health counselors. I just hired my third mental health counselor. And so while we know that, you know, we can't be everything, we've established a team to be able to help individuals be well in each area. So when you think of like, financial well-being. We're not financial planners, but what we are able to thrive in the well-being space is it's not how much money you make, it's how do you how are you able to use the funds that you have in an appropriate budgeting or Which gives you power, right? And just how you feel about your life and yourself. Mm-hmm. And then you look at career and it's like, well, to be thriving in all of these areas, it's, you know, building up that culture. And when employers can use wellness Mm -hmm. as a piece to be able to show that they care about their employees by allowing them these resources, it all just kind of goes hand in hand. Mm -hmm. 
So we do everything internally. If ever anyone, any of our clients and our clients are employers, if any employer wants to dive deeper into one of these areas, then of course we have, you know, different partners that allow them to do that. But, you know, from a well-being aspect, we really have specialized in all these areas. Why should employers, companies, businesses, why should they care? Mm-hmm. Well, it comes down to when we look at individuals, when they're taking care of themselves, obviously we're on the proactive model. So we're trying to prevent disease. We're trying to proactively help individuals take care of themselves and studies and anything that you read, any literature is going to indicate that when individuals are taking care of themselves, no matter what area, they are not only going to be better employees, we're also keeping those healthcare costs down. And so employers are able to use wellness as um, a benefit that allows them to maintain, you know, healthcare costs. But then individuals are going to be able to provide the best version of themselves when they're taking care of themselves. It also leaps into culture. So when you have those good relationships at work and you're able to, you know, support one another and well-being it just allows that whole culture to also come into place so it's really been placed as one benefit that employers can offer that shows that hey we care about you we know that when you're well you're not only able to be the best version of yourself at work but it also spills over into their family and personal life and i do believe it's you know it does go hand in hand What's one thing that a company or employer could say, I'm going to start this tomorrow. So a simple tactic that they could use that could make a beneficial uh, improvement for their employees. What's something simple that they could do? Something simple is literally just putting education out there. And so whether it's as simple as putting literature in the break room on, you know, June is Men's Health Month or literature on just, you know, do men read those pamphlets? (laughs) If it's in the break room or the bathroom stalls or by, you know, depending (laughs) upon, you know, it takes a, it takes multiple ways of communicating. So I always say, you know, employers think about, oh my gosh, this can be so overwhelming. Where do we start? Exactly. Yeah. For other employers or businesses. So it can be just as simple as like, let's just get some education out there, right? Let's just start with that. Let's just start with encouraging employees to take a 10 minute walk over their break or let's just, you know, promote intake water intake by, you know, offering water bottles to employees. I mean, it can be just really simple starting points and then you can build and grow on it from there. But every workplace is different. So what may work for one employer, depending upon the industry, may not work for another but just starting anything, it's kind of the anything's better than nothing yeah. and just starting simple. And I always just say education, just start getting some education out there, get the topics going, get the conversation started and, you know, lead by example. So it starts from the top down. So you can have employees who are very engaged in wellness, but anytime that message is coming from top down, the employees themselves are you know, hearing the message that it's important to that organization because it's coming from a leader. What's one of the most inventive things that you've seen done that 
maybe was, you were surprised that it worked. Yeah. You know, we have worked with a company for several years in which they took their wellness as a way to provide their employees the benefit of an experience. So not only did they encompass like, let's do, you know, a biometric health screening to show prevention, but, you know, through these different metrics, if employees meet that, they take them to an all expense paid weekend to go hiking out in the hills. So that's a pretty innovative outside of the box. So they've turned the, you know, the incentive as an experience. A lot of employers will do, you know, gift cards or discounts on health insurance or, you know, PTO or things like that, which are all great. But sometimes when they're able to know like, hey, the reason why I'm getting this experience based reward, it's very much a reward based off of like what they did to get them to that point. So that's a, a pretty outside of the box kind of innovative, you know, approach that one of our clients has done. But, you know, a lot of other employers have really just adapted, you know, communicating these resources. Again, I go back to really the last couple of years, the mental health, being able to, you know, a lot of employers because of like that traditional employee assistance program that they've had in place for years, it maybe hasn't been effective so knowing that they're like, I just don't know if this is going to work, like our approach to where we're putting our mental health counselors on site, you know, will these gruff, you know, manufacturing men come and talk to a counselor about their yes. feelings and to much surprise, like they they are, you know, so just you just never know. And, and if it doesn't work, then we revamp and we try something else. Absolutely. What was your why behind wanting to go into health and exercise in the first place? Mm -hmm. What was it that interested you about that whole area way back when? Yeah. Was something that guided you? You know, I was an athlete growing up. I was raised with around athletes. My whole family was athletic. So being active, being in sports was always just part of my upbringing. And I just loved the being on a team. I love that camaraderie. So just health and well-being was always a part of my life, but more in an athletic way. Okay. But the other part of it is I always loved just helping others. And so to be able to take kind of both concepts and even like my interest in being an educator, I feel like right now I'm like in the best of all worlds. I'm able to help individuals be better versions of themselves, lead a better quality of life, whether it's being active, whether it's prevention, whether it's, you know, helping them with their mental health. And it really just kind of comes like full circle. I also very much feel where, you know, the reading the benefits when I know that I'm a small piece of, you know, preventing someone having to be on, you know, lifelong medications or prevent a heart attack or help someone lose weight or, you know, even beyond that, it's huge. I'm going to go off that. What gives you joy with what you do? What is a, a situation where you are as a team like this was a win? Where do you get your endorphin high win from with your business? You know, seeing not only individual, you know, 
goals being met, but as a company, helping a company be able to, you know, achieve certain benchmarks or goals and then achieving those is, I would say, not only mine, but my entire team. And so there's not a week that doesn't go by that there's some type of, you know, success story. And so just knowing that we're a part of someone to you know, lead their better quality life. And no matter what, I mean, there's just no greater satisfaction than that. I will also say, you know, in the past year and a half, two years of really getting into the mental health space, it's been probably some of the most impactful, rewarding work that we've ever done. I I will tell you in full transparency, when I really started to get into this space, I was naive and thinking that we were just going to be helping people with stress or anxiety or depression. And it is so much more than that. And it's humbling and it's sad. And it's almost hard to say like, it's rewarding, but yet, because it's sad, the word, you know, we're, but there literally is not a week that we are not saving someone's life from them taking their life by suicide. And it gives me goosebumps wow. every time I talk I can, about I, it. I can see it in your face, mm-hmm. that passion in those moments that, mm-hmm. and yeah, in your eyes, I can mm-hmm. see it as you speak about that. Yeah. It's just been unbelievable because I think we're definitely helping to break that stigma mm-hmm. that's been around. And I think because I'm so passionate about the workplace, the model for workplaces to address mental health from the get-go is why there's a stigma today. So knowing that we're being innovative outside of the box in our approach, we're bringing that relationship piece to mental health in the same way we are with, you know, caring for other diseases and the employers who have really embraced this model is just, it's just testimonial after testimonial. And we honestly, we can't do it alone. And we're just hopeful that others will start to kind of adapt this similar model because it's, you know, we can't do this just on our own, Mm -hmm. but it's been very impactful, rewarding. Would you say that of all the different aspects of wellness, since again, there's health, there's well, again, Mm -hmm. there's a big umbrella of that. Would you say then what you just spoke about with the mental health that you feel like that's your personal passion within your business? Mm-hmm. And if so, I'm not sure if that's the right answer, but if so, it, that seems like a surprise considering where you started. Exactly. I would say, you know, I just talked with my team about this recently. I think the reason why it's just been so impactful is all the other work that you do, you don't see that immediate overnight transformation exactly slog 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 you know so when you're and helping someone with their blood pressure or weight loss or activity or all of that like it's you don't just see that immediate transformation in their life overnight Mm -hmm. where you know after even one session with a mental health counselor or knowing that we're able to intervene on saving someone's life like it's just been much more of a immediate overnight knowing of an impact. So I think that's, you know, it's not that any other work is less impactful, but you're just seeing much more of a change in people Mm -hmm. through this. But with that said, 
it's definitely become a passion of mine that I would have not realized it was when I started my career path even 20 years ago or when I started Well365 seven years ago. What is your why? Where your why is for where you started the business might not be where your why is now, but what is your guiding why? Mm-hmm. So I think when I look back, I, I never really envisioned myself as an entrepreneur, but I knew that when I started- Me neither. <laughs> High five. <laughs> and yeah, I don't know that it's, you know, it's it's not always the rainbows and unicorns and all those things, right? <laughs> but when I think back, you know, I felt like under the model that I was practicing health and well-being, I was feeling that I was limited to truly having the autonomy to help people and the vision that I felt like I could had I took it upon myself. And I think sometimes when you're under more of that corporate umbrella or more under, you know, a bigger organization, for reasons being, you're just more limited to how you can truly do the work that you want to. Mm -hmm. I also knew that even though I had prior, you know, been able to do a lot of impactful work, just really being able to be independent on my own, Mm -hmm. have that autonomy. I just felt like I could make a bigger impact by taking it upon myself. And so that's really a lot of the drive of, you know, starting it and, you know, kind of just a leap of faith. I mean, not anything. How long had that been simmering in your mind before you're like, I'm going to do this? I think it was probably a good year. Yeah. You know, I think I just was getting to the point where I wasn't feeling passionate about going to work. I was not, you know, I was losing just some of my drive, you know, and then it was, you know, I just remember having conversations with my husband at the time and, you know, others that were just really part of my circle, my family and just, you know, Talking about it, and did you I grew up in an entrepreneur family. I did actually. You did, yeah. Okay, I did. <laughs> so did some of those people. I did. With I, I did. Yeah, my I grew up with an entrepreneur. My dad was an entrepreneur. My sister's an entrepreneur. My one of my brothers, and but growing up, I just I don't know. I just never thought of it in that way. But it was like once I realized that I had that support. I think what was holding me back was the fear of failure. And I am just such a driven person that failure is never really an option. And so, and as a reality, I mean, to be honest with you, you know, my husband's an educator. So we very much depended on a dual income. And I was always have been the breadwinner in our family. And we had gone through years of infertility and, you know, we're at a point where the idea of all of a sudden going from having all the benefits, making very good money to all of a sudden letting that go when I'm, you know, when of the unknown, yeah. I just don't know that I would have been able to do it without like that support of my husband and close family and friends. What did you do in the beginning to help move you towards success beyond the support of your family and friends what are some active mm-hmm. things that you actually did and partook in that helped mm-hmm. you feel set you up for a good tra- 
trajectory. Mm -hmm. I mean, there were things just on a personal level that my husband and I did in the beginning. I mean, not that it's always about financial, but I mean, we really lived a very simple life in the first couple of years of switching out vehicles to just, you know, very the basics. But I also knew from the moment that I made that decision, like, again, failure has never been an option. So I was so driven. I will tell you, I was very naive when I made that decision. I learned that I actually didn't have people in my corner like I thought. I thought the people that I was working with were immediately going to just be cheering me on. And quite honestly, it was the opposite. Mm -hmm. So once Mm -hmm. I stepped out on my own and I realized I... I have to make this happen because I've got a lot of haters out there. I've got a lot of people who are watching me wanting to fail. And that honestly was a driver of, I will, I'm going to show you, I can do this. I can do this on my own. I'm going to do it for myself. I'm going to do it for my boys. I'm going to do it for my husband. And I'm going to do it for every other person who, you know, is wondering if they can do it. And so that was, um, it just, I took off from there and that hits me hard. I mean, those those words, those thoughts, those feelings, because as you were feeling them, you also probably felt very alone, very alone. And I think that's something to bring forward as well, because I will say that I've also felt that way. So I'm sure other people that might be listening and deciding to go this route too, might find power in the fact that Mm -hmm. it's okay to feel that way. It is. Yeah. You know, there's that saying of it's lonely at the top and it is very lonely at the top, even seven years later. And so what I've learned is, you know, I had to surround myself with other like-minded individuals, with other women, strong women. I think there's a lot of wonderful business leaders in our community. And this is not I don't say this to be disrespectful, but you can be a female leader in a company, but that is different from building a company from ground up. There is so much more to it. I, You all of a sudden are HR, IT, you're cleaning your, I mean, sales, you are every department in one. And that's one thing that's misunderstood is like, you have to make all of those things happen. And so just really surrounding yourself with other entrepreneurs, other females who can just help lift you up. And I had to really block out a lot of noise, a lot of noise, not only internally, but externally of, you know, people who were just kind of sitting on the sidelines wanting to see me fail. What has surprised yourself about you in this journey? What have you found that's been surprising? You know, I get emotional about it, but I think that I've had to overcome a lot of failure, or I should say not a lot of, I've had to overcome a lot of hardships to get to where I am today. I had to overcome just a lot of situations, people, scenarios that would have been easy for me to just be done and that I just kept going you know, just kept going when it, the easy route would have been to quit. And many, many times it would have been easy to quit. 
And so I think what surprised me is just how I probably haven't, you know, how much more resilient I've ever given myself credit for and probably how much I can be, you know, potentially inspire, inspiring others. And I think you are. Yeah. Do you see that? Do you, you know, do you, you kind of, yeah, but I mean, you know, we're all humble in this space. It's hard <laughs> to say that, but, you know, when you sit back and reflect of like, wow, where have you come from where you've started? You know, sometimes you just have to take a step back and look at that. I think you are that. And I look at what you did and worked hard to achieve and accomplish and how you started your business. And as I was going through that a few years later than you, that also gave me hope Mm -hmm. as far as, you know, even though we might not have communicated a lot during that time or that process, but even just that knowledge, Trisha, that knowledge that was there of you having done that mm-hmm. and knowing that story, like mm-hmm. it it drove me to say, okay, mm-hmm. maybe, maybe this will work out. <laughs> maybe this will work out. So yeah, you are doing great things. And mm-hmm. I think people definitely look at you and have that respect. So I hope that you are doing you know, yeah. some mentorship or those kind of things. Yeah. Um, tell me about, are you still speaking? I am. Yeah. I, I've been able speaking to speak. Speaking of mentorship. Yeah. I am still doing some speaking. I mean, it's definitely not at the forefront, but I definitely, you know, a, a few, a handful times a year I do speaking. I was able to be a mentor for like the MBA leadership program recently and definitely helping out with other entrepreneurs in that space. So, yeah, I mean, I I know at one point I was doing quite a bit more speaking, but, you know, now I just really have to be mindful of, you know, mindful of those scenarios of it because at the end of the day, it's just still a lot of grind in the in the mm-hmm. business. And I'd been blessed because one of my mental health counselors also is a phenomenal speaker. And so being able to just build up other team members to do speaking mm-hmm. as well as like another. So I have a couple gals on my team that have also I've been able to allow them to take some of those speaking opportunities yes. on, which is which is which good is good. The company, it's good for it them is. to grow them. Yeah. What's your boys think about this? What do you want your kids to think or say when they're like looking at mom? What do you hope? You know, I hope that I hope that sometimes while they think mom works all the time, (laughs) I uh, my son for Mother's Day came home with something from school and he said, what are it was answering? What are three things that my mom likes to do? And his number one was work. And in a way, I was like, oh, wow, buddy, <laughs> you know, I do love to work, but I hope that they understand that everything that I am doing is to empower them that they can, nothing is, you know, they can have dreams, they can have goals, they can do anything they put their mind to, and that I'm doing this to not only for myself, that they have just a strong mother who wants to pave paths for not only them as young boys, but for for others. And that I, I, I'm sure they're, you know, they're young now, but I, I think that they someday will realize that all of the things that I do and all of the sacrifices of 
sometimes is not maybe always traditional in the mom role that they understand why I'm doing it, mm-hmm. you know, but that's also been on the flip side, you know, has allowed me flexibility that I could have never dreamed about before. And so while, you know, it's it's sometimes, you know, getting them to bed and working after they're going to bed. But if that means, you know, I'm taking the time to go spend time with them during the school day for their school parties or picking them up for school. I mean, I'm never going to miss a sports activity of theirs. I'm never going to miss any of those things because that's, you know, definitely what I love. How are the boys now? They are almost, Brody is almost 12 and Beckett is eight. So 11 and eight. So just very busy. And, you know, it's, you know, I, I get to sponsor all of their athletic teams. And I saw they have some jerseys with yeah. Windwell 365. Yeah. Yeah. So all of that. That's, that's good. Yeah. Those are good things. Those, those are. Those are good things. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Yeah. With the health, the wellness, all the different aspects of it, how are you able to practice what you preach? Mm-hmm. There are so many different, you know, facets and it, it does take a lot of energy and it is easier sometimes just to go do this or that and not have your own business. And then you've got your boys and you're a wife and you are you. You have to take care of that. How do you do that? You know, sometimes I'm better at it at times than others. It's something that I constantly have to work on. I'm really great at making, you know, exercise and eating right. I mean, that's always been a part of my life. So I don't look really look at that as like anything above or beyond. It's just part of our lifestyle and who you are. Yep. And so those things come easy, but I do have to be very mindful of just, you know, taking the time to, you know, have date nights with my husband or go spend time with my girlfriends. But, you know, there's just and keeping myself surrounded with other, you know, really great women because it is lonely at the top. And I still struggle with that and still struggle with times of where, you know, you're doing all these things and things are great. Like why I should be feeling better about all of this. So it's just a constant, just, you know, trying to talk about it, call people that I, you know, know can relate to it and just, you know, it's it's a constant work in progress. I don't know that I have a, a great formula. And like I said, sometimes it's, you know, it's a roller coaster. So sometimes I'm feeling like a rock star and feel like I'm doing all these things and practicing. And then it's like, I know, I know. So I'm, I'm pretty real about it, you know. Well, I really appreciate your transparency mm-hmm. on that. And I that is being real. And as you're talking, I feel like I could have spoken a lot of those words. And I'm going to met a lot of your friends and my friends who are in similar positions mm-hmm. um, as, you know, women or men, I, I resume, who are leaders, entrepreneurs, might feel the same way, but not a lot of people actually say that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I always say, I <laughs> I don't know, I don't want this to come across wrong, but I am constantly pouring into my team, my employees, my family. And sometimes you mm-hmm. just, you know, and maybe it's not so, but sometimes you just need to hear it yourself. And I think that's sometimes what's hard when you're they're in the role and position that we are is we're also human and that 
you know, feeling appreciative, feeling that others appreciate how much you're pouring into them. And sometimes I just have to say to my husband, I just want for once just someone to, you know, say thank you or rec- understand that I am busting my butt to do all of this. And sometimes we need it too. <laughs> so then I'll make him do, you know, say nice things about me. Right? So, like just say something nice other than you love me. <laughs> and as we start to close up, what were some resources that you might have used to find some of those mentors? What did you do to sing them out, sing those circumstances out to find these people to visit with? Yeah, I think just early on, I was able to through, just through a variety of just like networking groups, be able to find other women who I either related to. And honestly, I was just bold in some situations and just reached out to women who I felt like you know, you seem like someone who I would love to have coffee with or learn from. Would you be willing? Can I take you to coffee? And that's how I found some of my best mentors was just early on through either networking or I knew that they were also business owners, not necessarily. And I mean, no one's going to be in my same industry, but just other women. And that's really just helped and just... You know, just certain people, you know, that you can connect to because as much as our husbands, you know, want to be there for us, it's also they also don't always get it. (laughs) So they try. Yeah, they absolutely support on the back end. They do. Some of those things. Yeah. Yeah. I don't quite understand. Well, thank you. I want to be respectful of your time as well. I know you've got more busy things to do for the rest of the day. So thank you for spending time with us, sharing a little bit about not just what you do and why you do it, but who you are in the process, how you got started, where you hope things are going, and for helping us try to be better versions of ourselves. And so I'll put that back at you as well, because I feel as an entrepreneur, we're constantly trying to be better versions of ourselves and our children as far as our business and our children as far as our employees, constantly looking to try to be better versions. And so that's my takeaway theme for our visit today. And that failure has never been an option. I will cheers to you on that one. Absolutely. Thank you so (laughs) much. Thank you, Trisha. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.